0: My best friend Marcus has always been my fishing buddy. Being the only kids in our neighborhood, we always thought it was lucky how we were both 13 years old, even if Marcus was technically a few months older. Maybe that's why his parents let him have a phone, but mine wouldn't. It was difficult being a kid in our neighborhood. Our neighbors were old and were quick to tell our parents whenever we got into trouble. And despite him being my best friend, Marcus was quick to push the blame on me whenever we did. Despite that, whenever we wanted to escape, we'd head to the neighborhood lake. It wasn't so much a lake as it was a large pond, but with it being surrounded by trees and the only way to get there being a long, difficult walking trail, it kept the old neighbors away so we were free to do anything we wanted. Sometimes Marcus and I would even sharpen sticks with his pocket knife and roast weenie dogs over a fire Marcus would make with his dad's lighter. Looking back, they were actually pretty good memories. But, my favorite part about the neighborhood lake is when the river would overflow. Every year, the Windican River would get too high, and the neighborhood lake was created as one of the flood points where the river would overflow to keep the neighborhood from getting flooded. It always brought in river fish that we'd never catch in the lake on its own. One time, I even caught a long-nosed gar. It's what made that lake a star in my eyes, a lone star on our boring neighborhood map. This last weekend, it rained constantly, which kept Marcus and I away from the lake but luckily brought in a fresh batch of river fish, we hoped anyway. So Marcus and I headed down with our fishing backpacks and rods in hand to have one last summer afternoon of fishing before school started back up. We always started by walking the edge of the pond, throwing jigs and spoons for bass in the lilies and reeds, then switching to bobbers and worms till it got dark and we had to head home. Marcus caught a pickerel on one of his first casts and I caught a spotted bass hiding in the lilies. We kept at it until the summer heat got to us then we put on our bobbers and worms and cast it out as far as we could into the middle of the lake. It was starting to get dark and Marcus talked about starting a fire. But I didn't want to be the one to get blame if Marcus ended up burning the whole forest down. So I talked him out of it. But that didn't keep Marcus from laying there. Clicking the lighter on over and over again. Watching the flame reflect in his eyes. That's when his rod tip started to shake. Marcus, you've got one. Set the hook. I shouted. Marcus shot up and started reeling in. It's big, he said between breaths. It could be the biggest catfish I've ever caught. But when the fish got closer, white scales glimmered in what little sun remained in the summer sky. I reached out with my net in hand and scooped up the giant fish, setting him down onto the grassy bank. Ugh, Marcus shouted. It's a carp. No, it's not, I said. It's a buffalo. Look, it doesn't even have barbels. Well, it looks like a carp. And if it looks like a carp, it's a carp to me, Marcus said as he reached down for the buffalo. As he held the buffalo down, he said, "'And my dad told me that carp are trash fish.'" Marcus reached into his pocket and pulled out his dad's lighter. I watched him as he clicked it on, pushing the flame against the buffalo's eye. "'Marcus, stop!' I yelled, running toward him to tackle him. But Marcus pushed me away and pulled out his pocket knife. "'Stop being such a wuss. "'It's a stupid carp. "'No one is going to care.' He then took out his pocket knife and slashed the buffalo's sides, as it wriggled and flipped, trying to escape back into the lake. You're not going anywhere, Marcus said, as he grabbed the buffalo again, clicking on his lighter and pushing it into the other eye until both eyes were pure white, blinded by the heat of the flame. Marcus then cut a few more slashes into the buffalo, grabbed it by the tail, and flung it back into the lake as far as he could. Let's go, he said. I'm done with this fishing lake, it's boring today. I grabbed my backpack and reeled in my rod, staring at the smallmouth buffalo belly up in the middle of the lake as the flies started to buzz around it. Walking back to our neighborhood on the trail, neither of us said anything to each other. I couldn't believe what Marcus had done. We walked on for what felt like miles. The trail seemed so much longer for some reason. But it wasn't until the sun went down that it started getting cold and I started to get a little worried. It felt like we were walking in a giant circle. The trail just always seemed to turn right. until. We were right back at the neighborhood lake. We had never been to the lake at this time of night. It looked so eerie with the fog rolling in, covering the lake to the point where we couldn't see anything but cattails and trees around it. We're lost, Marcus, and we can't see a thing, I said. Easy, Marcus replied. I'll call my parents to meet us out here. But as Marcus looked at his phone, his eyes grew wider. There was no reception. That's strange, Marcus said. We usually always have reception in 5G out here. Then the phone turned black and Marcus let out a groan. Ugh, I swear I charged it last night. We stood in the dark, listening to nothing. No crickets, no birds, the wind just stopped. Well, this is just great. Good going, genius, I yelled. We're lost. We can't call our parents and it's getting colder and colder out here, dude. I'm freezing. Well, wait, what's that? Marcus said as he looked down to the fog. When I looked up, I could see a bright white light shining toward us. It's our parents, Marcus shouted. They've come to find us, as he started walking towards the light. To me, I couldn't see anything. The light was just growing stronger and stronger to the point where I had to cover my eyes. And the ringing. My ears were vibrating with a constant ring. Marcus, stop. You're in the lake. It's obviously not your parents. I tried shouting over the sound of the ringing and Marcus sloshing through the lake water. Yes, it is, Marcus shouted. I can hear them calling to me. Come on, they're this way. The light grew stronger and stronger until all I could see was white light and all I could hear was ringing in my ears until it wasn't. I woke up in my bed. It was all a dream, I said to myself. I got up, walked downstairs where my parents were making breakfast. Hey, kiddo. "'Going to get some fishing in before school starts?' my dad asks. "'Oh, that's what Marcus and I did yesterday, and I think I'm ready for school now.' My dad let out a chuckle, then went back to watching ESPN highlights. I sat down at the kitchen table, thinking about the previous night. It was all so vivid. What a dream, I thought. That's when the doorbell rang. "'Answer the door, will you, bud?' my dad said. I walked over to the front door, but when I opened it, my eyes grew wide. There were... Police officers? An ambulance and... Marcus's parents? Are you a friend of Marcus? The officer said as he stared toward me. My father stepped in behind me at this point and said, What's the problem, officer? The officer shifted his glare and looked towards my father. Would you come with us, please, sir? Just a moment of your time. Marcus's mother let out a cry as Marcus's father looked at the ground. My father and I, not wanting to add to the scene, followed the officers to the back of the ambulance. I could see... A shape under a white cloth on the ambulance gurney. And when the officer removed the cloth, to this day I still cannot shake what I saw. It was Marcus. Pale skin. Veins blue, scarred from head to toe with slashes, as if by a knife. And eyes stark white, blinded mad, as if by flame. They found him belly up in the lake this morning. Have you any information for us, son? His parents said he was with you all night," the officer asked me as he put his hands to his hips. I paused for a moment, thinking about what I could say that they would even believe. The buffalo, the fog, the white light, the ringing. I looked up at the officers and Marcus's parents. I... uh, You should always treat your fish with respect, even if you don't plan on eating them," I said as I looked up at my dad. It's been 13 years since that night, I've met a few orderlies who like fishing and tell me about their trips, but whenever they remind me of what I did, I always tell them, I'm not crazy. I didn't kill him. It was the Mad-Eye Buffalo, I said. It was the Mad-Eye Buffalo. So if you ever see a white light when you're fishing in the evening, I recommend going in the opposite direction, and always treat your fish with respect.